Good morning, Four Oaks Church. It is Pastor Paul. It is a, gosh, let's check it out here, Wednesday morning, February 22nd. Spring is hot on our heels, is it not? Feels a little springy out there. Well, this morning, we are ready to dive into Matthew chapter 4. So if you're, if you're new, this is your first time joining us, just to give you a, a refresher of what we're doing here. We've been preaching through the Gospel of Matthew on Sunday mornings at Four Oaks. And what we're doing is using the week prior, Monday through Friday, 8 to 8.15, something like that, to prepare ourselves for that message by looking at the passage in detail, by walking you through some of the steps that the pastoral team walks through as it's trying to understand and exegete, unpack, interpret a package. A passage, and hopefully the what 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 you're going to get here is not so just the content of the teaching from that text, but hopefully some tools that will help you as you begin to study the Word of God for yourself and to feed yourself with that Word. So that's what our, we're attempting to do, and we've we've talked about this in ad nauseum as sort of a, a series of concentric circles where. In the innermost circle is the meaning, the heart of the text. And then the circles that are on the outside deal with things like context and what comes before and after the text and those sorts of things. And so we're working our way down in that direction. And we're going to look at this passage in relationship to the other Gospels and what they have to say about this incident because it's going to help us understand better what Matthew is trying to do and to communicate here. So we're now here, here we are, Jesus calling the first disciples. We're in Matthew 4, verses 18 through 22. So a short passage. So here we go. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Now, one of the things that's important for us to, to grab a hold of when we are interpreting Scripture is what other texts of Scripture have to say about the same subject or even the same story. So, for example, you can look in the Old Testament and see events that are recorded in First and Second Kings, for example, that are recorded again in First and Second Chronicles. But sometimes the details are different. Not 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 in, um, they're, they're not in conflict, they don't contradict each other, they're just giving different perspectives on the same story because of what the author is trying to communicate by sharing that story. And that's going to be really important to remember when we come to this passage, okay? Because when you compare what Matthew talks about in the calling of the first disciples, first of all, what Mark says about this same incident is very similar, Okay. Uh, we won't we won't go through that passage right now, um, but it's very similar. They're they're they kind of basically have the same perspective on the on the events, 
But Luke, interestingly enough, goes into much greater detail. So if you flip with me for just a minute, Luke chapter 5, here in verses 1 through 11, we're not going to read this passage, the whole passage, but I want to note a few things. Luke gives us the whole fabric of the story. So in other words, one of the things that we might wonder is how in the world are the disciples, Peter, Andrew, James, John, how, how are they compelled to so immediately follow Jesus? What did he, Jesus just walk by and like snap his fingers like the fawns on happy days? Is that what happened? Well, Luke gives us more of the background where he talks about this idea of, the, of, of, the, of the, these men, the disciples, they're out fishing, they can't catch anything, and Jesus comes up to them and says, hey, cast your nets one more time. The fishermen are like, you've got to be kidding me. We've done this all night. There are no fish to be caught. <laughs> but they do it, and miraculously, supernaturally, they catch so many fish that it's making all of their boats sink. And what happens at the end of this text is that it shows Simon Peter bowing down to Jesus and saying, "My, um, let, me, let me get the exact quote here. He says, depart from, from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. See, he's ascribing to him great authority and majesty. He recognizes the supernatural aspect of this. See, so, but Luke's purpose in narrating all this detail is to show that from the, from the very beginning, the disciples had a sense that they were dealing with somebody different. This was somebody who was doing supernatural works. This was somebody who was clearly something other than just a mere man. Matthew, on the other hand, doesn't narrate any of these details, okay? So, Let's look at what John has to say about this passage, all right, or about this incident. So turn in your Bibles to John chapter 1, and here immediately when it talks about Jesus calling his first disciples, this is happening immediately after the baptism of, that, um, the baptism of Jesus, and, the, and it's part of the ministry of John the Baptist. And what we learn, in fact, I'm going to read this passage because it's going to help us here. John 1, verse 35, the next day, G John the, the Baptist was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, behold, the Lamb of God. The, the two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, what are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the 10th hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. Now, what is obvious here as you look at the Gospels all sort of harmonized together is that the calling that Matthew, Mark, and Luke record is all happening in Galilee, and it's all happening probably about a year into Jesus's ministry, where he is beginning his public ministry in Galilee. Well, what John is recording is seemingly happening at the very beginning of Jesus's ministry after his baptism. 
And some people have tried to say, well, this is, don't you see how the Bible contradicts and um, these things are in, they, they don't resemble each other at all. Well, I think it's most helpful to remember, I think, that John is not recording the same incident that Matthew, Mark, and Luke are recording. Here, John is recording the first time any of the disciples met Jesus. And, and seemingly, Andrew was one of John the Baptist's disciples, and it was through John the Baptist that he's introduced to Jesus, and it's through his introduction to Jesus that he introduces Peter. And I think the best way to understand what's happening here is that they're being introduced to Jesus. This is not, though, their decisive call, okay? This is sort of begins their acclamation process to the ministry and person of Jesus, which comes to fruition probably about a year later when Jesus is in Galilee. And by this time, the disciples have, have been observing Jesus. Uh, maybe they've accompanied him on some of his early ministry works to Samaria, to the wedding feast in Cana. Um, maybe they've, um, again, they, they've attached themselves in some way but here, what we have in Matthew is the decisive moment when they truly place themselves under Jesus's teaching. They, they sort of officially become his disciples. And that what we have here in John chapter 1 is just more of their introduction. Uh, they're getting to know Jesus. And it's interesting that, that when, when, when Jesus looks at Peter and says, you are Simon, the son of John, you shall be called Cephas, it's almost like Jesus has dropped the, the mic moment, right? It's like he's looking at Peter and saying, hey, Peter, I know you're trying to figure all this out. You're trying to figure me out. But, but let me tell you, you're, we're going to call you, when the time is right, Peter Cephas. It means rock, okay? And it's interesting that this nickname, because remember, Simon was a super familiar common name at the time. Um, but he says, we're going to call you Cephas. We're going to call you Peter. That's kind of his nickname. And... This is going to be one of those things that Jesus comes back around to. We're going to see it in Matthew, right? Um, I tell you, Simon Barjona, um, your name is Peter, and upon this rock, he, the rock word for rock and Peter are virtually the same, I'm going to build my church. And we don't need to understand John 1 as the decisive call. That's what Matthew records, okay? It also gives us some context for understanding um, how it is that the disciples are seemingly already acquainted with Jesus in Matthew 4, all right, or in Luke 5. See, they, they've met Jesus before. They're familiar with him. They know him. They're not yet disciples, okay? But through this incident of the fish um, in the boat and catching the fish, this is part of what compels them to follow Jesus. Now, you may say, oh, that sounds great, Pastor Paul, but why doesn't Matthew tell us any of these things, okay? Let's remember the, the Gospels are not comprehensive biographies. They're snapshots. And what each Gospel writer chooses to reveal is sort of contingent upon what their pastoral purpose is. So obviously, the means of the calling of Peter or the circumstances of the calling of the first disciples, that's not Matthew's focus. Neither is the way that they got acclimated. Neither is the 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 sort of the circumstances that Luke describes. Matthew has a different sort of pastoral purpose. 
And you may say, well, what is that pastoral purpose? Well, we're going to unpack this the next two days, but let me just kind of give you a forecast of where we're going to go. One, we see here that Jesus is calling the first members, the first citizens of this new kingdom that he's been proclaiming. In other words, Jesus is forming a new people with a new identity, and they are going to be a part of his kingdom. Uh, they're going to be following the king. And so, so Matthew is keen to, so because what happens for rightful kings? People follow them. And I think Matthew's going to emphasize that aspect. Matthew also is going to want to, to emphasize the nature of the calling of someone who is a citizen of the king. So not only is there the fact of the calling that's compelling, but there is in fact, there, but there's something that's going to characterize those who follow Jesus and are a part of his kingdom. That's Matthew's purpose. And that's what we're going to spend the next two days looking at. So we hope you join us again tomorrow. But let me pray now. Lord, continue to give us a heart of wisdom as we learn how to study your word, how important it is to see what different passages say about the same issue and topic, knowing that they're in perfect harmony, knowing that there are no contradictions, knowing that they are each providing a unique perspective so that we can know you better. So Lord, thanks for this time. We commit our day to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow.